We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. afternoon and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. You know, this issue of approval is one of the biggest issues we can find that blocks us from awareness of who we are as authentic persons. It keeps us stuck living out of agendas rather than living from our own authenticity. Well, our guest today is here to tell us her story about rejection and disapproval and how she found herself through it. Born in the South during the 1940s and an African-American girl with white skin, Pat Holland Connor was destined to live with secrets, shame, and intolerance from her family as well as from both the black and the white communities. She grew up feeling unworthy and desperate to belong until when she reached the bottom of the barrel of this terrible elixir, she courageously took a brand new path toward personal love and acceptance. Her book, Doorways to Significance, Finding Peace, Power, and Passion, tells that story. Pat is a writer, a family therapist, a substance abuse counselor, and the owner of Peaceful Path Consulting. She teaches self-esteem classes and has worked as a counselor, trainer, and educator in the United States, Asia, and the Middle East. Approval, it turns out, is one of the most highly sought-after addictive drugs on the planet. If you're an approval addict, listen up. You might just hear some things that might help you. And I want to be clear, I'm not saying that our guest is an approval addict, but I am saying that this show is going to help us to work through some approval issues. So welcome, Pat, to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you so much, Andrea. I'm so happy to be with you and your listeners today and uh, to share my story. Thank you. Oh, you're so welcome. We're looking forward to it. I was really intrigued when I heard from you the first time about your story, and I've read your book and found it very moving. And, uh, you know, I, we, we talked about some potential uh, things that we could talk about today related to your book. And the first one I want to hit on is this uh, notion that you put forth in the book that we're always better off with what we have lost. And I want to talk about that perhaps during the next segment. But before that, I want us to talk about your story. Can you just sort of briefly tell your story? Yes. Um, I am an African-American woman, and my skin is very fair, very light. And because of that, um, I sort of grew up and with a limiting belief that I didn't belong. 
a lot of that happened because I was really unable to find peace with myself in being different, in being treated differently, and uh, whether it was in my family or whether it was in my environment. I saw my difference. I knew I was different, but I didn't understand from a very young age how to fit in. And, of course, that didn't help to hear stories um, about when I was first born that I was sent home with the wrong family. So mm. all of that exacerbated my limiting beliefs with which I grew and lived for many, many years. Yeah, so you, you experienced a lot of um, internal rejection and also external rejection. Now, that's correct. Let me explain. First of all, I was born in the mid-40s, 1940s, and grew up with, of course, an environmental and an American um, cultural milieu that I didn't belong. You know, uh, blacks were here and whites were here. And so uh, with that and um, also with my family um, trying to help, I guess, in the best way that they could to live through um, for themselves, you know, how to get along with the laws and the rules of our Americas and so forth at the time, I suppose it was difficult for everyone. I am not using that idea, however, as a reason for uh, continuing to believe I didn't belong. Because, you see, it was limiting belief that I held within that kept me from moving forward in my own life. Okay. That, that's a very good point, and, and that's one that I think we just need to make again and again, that regardless of our circumstances, it's our belief systems that are the biggest block for us. That's exactly right. And it is that belief system that each of us has. It doesn't matter what color the skin. It doesn't matter how large or small we are or how um, um, how much money we have or whatever the circumstances. What we believe and is actually what manifests in terms of our level of emotional conflict, whether we even reflect that in our outward world or not. The inner conflict is what drives us um, from a perspective of either peace or non-peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is our internal world. Um, however, that said, we do internalize a lot from the external world, and, and we do come from a society and a culture where, where judgment has to do with how you look, um, how you dress, how, what your sexual orientation is, what your, your, your religious beliefs are, what your political persuasions are, um, and I could say punch E, all of the above. You can be judged on just about anything. Um, and we can internalize that, and when we do internalize that, we get this limiting belief system. That's quite correct, Andrea, and that's really what I did. And, and that's uh, how the stories and the purpose for telling the stories in the book. Uh, the purpose for telling the stories is not to shame, blame, or judge others, whether my family or whether the uh, cultural community or whatever. My reasons for sharing the stories, my stories of abuse, my stories of not fitting in, my stories of being rejected, uh, my stories of being treated differently, All of those stories were told only for the perspective of me recognizing that 
the place that needed to change was within myself. And it is true that my belief in myself is what either empowers me or disempowers me. And that's what I came to know after uh, many years and recognized that and chose to write a book about it. And thank you for doing so because it's a very good book and one we need to to read and understand the uh, the deepest meanings of. So, okay, you know, one of the things that people, if I'm talking to a listening audience that it, that has some approval issues, and I think everyone in America probably has some degree of that, uh, many more than others, some even to the point of being what we call approval junkies, so that they live their entire lives based on that. Uh, but uh, if, if, if approval is so essential to us, then how is it that we uh, live without it, especially in light of what you've said? You're, one of the things you said about uh, the themes of the book was that we're always better off with what we've lost. If that's really true, then, you know, what is approval? Well, for me, let me let me say how it was then and, and how it is now, and that's what, sh- what the book shows. Uh, first of all, the theme, the primary theme of the book is that it's never too late to change the brokenness. For the majority of my life, I was broken in the sense of being that approval junkie. Uh, I even wrote term papers for boys in high school with the hope that they would ask me for a date, you know, uh, and as a result, that's just one example or I went overboard with trying to get people to like me to approve of me and I did many things that were not even appropriate for me to do but it was trying to fit in and trying to fit in with someone else and with their um, let's say um, their world instead of recognizing that I had my own so my way of dealing with um, lack of approval was uh, living a facade, you know, I lived as if I laughed uh, and smiled, even though my heart was just breaking. You know, that is what we call conflict. And I lived with years of conflict within myself. And I would say yes when I meant no, only hoping that people would approve of me further. And that's not about a black or white issue. To me, that's about a life issue. And for, it, it's uh, almost the level of when the inner desire is not level with, you know, being um, of service to others according to what they need and it's not what I need to do for them or don't choose to do for them, then I am actually putting myself down. And that's what disapproval does when we try for others to approve of a place where I need to do it myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Very well said. I think that that whole idea is what approval is all about. I don't approve of myself, so you have to do it for me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So how is it that we're always better off with what we've lost? And I need to say there's probably going to be a commercial break coming up soon, but let's go ahead with that, and if we need to stop and start again, we will. How is it that we're always better off with what we've lost? Well, here, here is how I see it. If I hadn't had the adversity and the challenges in my life that came as a result of needing to belong so desperately, I would have never, ever moved away from um, that sense of living with that inner conflict. You know, some of those areas included health matters, included grief, 
included financial matters even. So in such case, and even being forced out of jobs, when that happened to me, uh, I took it on as if I, I did something wrong, that I didn't belong or whatever. After I recognized and moved away from a different view of myself to my own self-approval, it was like, thank you, universe, that I did not have to stay in that place, that the universe moved it for me. The universe took me out of that job, caused me to lose that, that particular uh, job or have that divorce or whatever in order to learn that I can be more. Here's the deal. We have to take the responsibility, however, to exercise our free will and our choice once the adversity occurs. It is, we don't have an option to just sit there and do nothing and uh, choose to continue to feel that we don't, uh, you know, we don't, um, uh, we don't, we're not approved of. If I had stayed in that state, my life would have never changed as it has now. Right. So if you had managed, I mean, this is a hypothetical situation, but suppose that you had somehow managed during that time to win everybody's approval, what would that have done for you? Well, I tried so hard. I'm not sure that I ever could have won everybody's approval. Um, I don't think I could have ever met anybody else's level of approval. They probably weren't even looking for me uh, to have to, they weren't seeking my approval. That was my own inner dialogue that forced me to fail to see my need to grow. And so, you know, I couldn't stay there. It was like I was choking. I was, I was literally uh, unable to breathe. Yeah. So it's yeah. not about others' approval of me. It's my recognition of my failure to approve of myself. Yeah. So essentially what you're saying is had you won everybody else's approval, you still would have had to contend with your own inner demons. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. yep. Yes. Yeah, and, and in this day, I think this is so important to talk about because, uh, as you said, it's not about black or white or any of the other particular issues. It has to do with life or death in some senses because so many of our teenagers are living as if approval is their life source. Um, and we really do need to address that issue. So we're going to talk some more about this right after the break. Stay tuned for more from Pat Holland Connor about her book, Doorways to Significance. for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. 
comes down to, ladies, is that defining line between been there, done that, and ain't going back, baby. Yeah, I've heard them call you yuppies and baby boomers, maybe even dolls, babes, darling, sugar, and sweetheart. But I say that women are truly amazing. Join Dr. Marlene for Amazing Women, Brains, Beauty, and Style every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific right here on the Voice America Women's Radio Network. Tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Network. on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking to Pat Holland Connor about her book, Doorways to Significance. And we're really talking about this whole issue of approval as an internal conflict and how we can resolve it and move on into our own passion and uh, significance as human beings. So, Pat, uh, just before the break, we were talking about how this um, uh, sort of uh, approval addiction has has just sort of taken over our adolescent population so that we literally have teenagers killing themselves because they can't win the approval of others or because others are saying bad things about them and they can't seem to get beyond that. And uh, so what you've said today is that this is an internal issue more than an external issue. We can't make other people stop thinking and feeling what they think and feel, but we certainly can work with what's going on inside of us. And what we've also said is that it's always be- we're always better off with what we've lost because what we've lost is not was not ever supposed to be ours, and uh, so yep. it's in, now I want to talk about the emotional conflict part of this. Um, tell me about how how this approval thing works out as an emotional conflict. Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Um, let, let me uh, kind of uh, begin uh, to um, uh, first indicate that while. This is so true that there is so much emotional conflict regarding the need for approval with young people. You know, it really is true uh, for all of us, but I'm noticing and finding that it's especially true for people who need to control or people who need to always be right or correct. 
or for those who uh, need to shame and blame others because of the failure to look within. And so with that as a perspective, I'd like to say where I believe, and it's certainly true in my own experience, where that conflict occurs. Where we place our attention, attention is like an egoic or ego uh, state. Uh, so we place our attention on a conflict that we see outside of ourselves, whatever it is. Or we place it on something different. It doesn't have to be a conflict. But that intention and where we're placing it uh, is also not just in the mind, but it is also in the heart. And I believe in the heart is where our intention is. So if we see, let's say, a car wreck, and we pass that car wreck, and we're craning our necks and straining so difficultly to see what happened um, versus moving easily through the traffic to help others get through it as well and send a spark of love, a spark of compassionate love, rather than a quest of, I wonder what happened, I'll bet he um, ran into that, uh, that old lady, or you know how we can judge, and it sometimes comes so quickly. My point is, when the intention and the attention is not balanced, it's not at the same level, the conflict within us is reflected in our manifestation of actions, thoughts, deeds, and the like. So for me, I came to an awareness that if I was thinking you know, I really don't like her, or I don't like those shoes she's wearing, or whatever, and feeling that same thing, then what I'm putting out is a lot of negative vibrational energy. And it is that vibrational energy that affects the whole universe, that affects everything around me. So I then attract more of the same. So what I'm trying to explain is that when we change our intention in our hearts to reflect a level of peaceful thoughts or uh, peaceful kind thoughts with our minds at the same time, then what we're putting out is positive energy and the opportunity to attract even greater good into our own lives. So that, to me, is the responsibility for exercising free will. I have a free will to think judgmentally by pointing the finger at others, or I have the responsibility to exercise thoughtful kindness, compassion, consideration. That's kind of the difference. Do you see what I'm trying to explain? Mm-hmm. Yes, and how does that apply to yourself? How, what about compassion and, and uh, sending really good energy to yourself? Well, that's exactly what changed for me. As I began being of greater service, and helping others along their paths, um, whether it was in the therapy room or whether it was at the time when I was uh, age 50 after a significant divorce and I was served in the Peace Corps, I found that I had less time, energy, and desire to criticize myself and others. 
And so it created a basis of goodwill that began to, uh, shall I say, return to me. So I started to attract people in my life who would say, you know, Pat, thank you for sharing such loving thoughts or for, for sharing um, ice cream with me when, you know, I couldn't get out and do um, for myself or whatever it was that I was doing. So my point is, is that if we begin to find a way to share and help others, we're actually helping ourselves in the process through compassionate love and consideration for ourselves and others. And that's what happened for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so that's part of the story you tell that is that when you went to the Peace Corps and, and, and started serving others through all the different ways that you do, it began to change your image of yourself and you began to get affirmation from the world that, yes, indeed, that image might actually be true. That's exactly what happened. It took a while for that to happen because, you see, when people would say those nice things to me, since I had spent such a lifetime criticizing, judging, and blaming others for my plight in life, uh, it took a while for me to say, I wonder if she telling the truth or at least asking myself, oh, that's not true. And sometimes we even say things like, if you were to compliment me on my new shoes, I would perhaps in the past, you'd say to me, Pat, what beautiful shoes. And I'd say, oh, but I've had these a long time, meaning I couldn't even accept the goodness that you were sharing with me because of the place that I saw and held my own limiting beliefs. As time went on and I became more aware of supporting others and, you know, kind of being aware of sharing love and compassion, I found greater peace within myself. Yeah. And I was able then to accept, you know, compliments from others and love from others. Yeah. So how hard do you think it is for somebody who really is invested in winning the approval of others to recognize this concept that you've put forth that they are are responsible for their own happiness? Andrea, I think it's very difficult. It was difficult for me. And, you know, I've had a lot of training and that kind of thing. It's not about how many academic degrees we have and all of that. It's about making a significant life choice by first recognizing that I'm responsible for my own happiness. So when there's a lot of emotional conflict going on within my mind, within my heart, within my life, which also might include uh, health challenges, which also might include uh, challenges with my financial situation and so forth, meaning that I am doubting that I deserve or doubting that I belong. As long as I continue to have those doubts, I continue to perpetuate the limiting beliefs about my life, about myself. But when I begin to take a look at what is it that I really want and ask myself the questions, where and why do I have these limiting beliefs? Where do they come from? You know, we we don't learn in a vacuum. 
We learn from our early experiences, from our, our families. We learn from our relationships. We learn from our community, from schools, from church, from our political arena. We learn from all of these areas that are significantly influential on us. So it's, it's, we need to stop, I believe, and question, is that true for me? Not true for the community, not true for others, but does that really work for me? And as we begin to do that, we begin to feel some greater light within. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to be back again right after the break with more from Pat Holland Connor about her book, Doorways to Significance, and about this idea of approval and uh, the, our seeming addiction to it. Stay tuned for more. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming health care. Want to change your life? The New York Open Center can help. We offer hundreds of ongoing classes, workshops, and professional trainings that heal the body, nurture the spirit, and awaken your true potential. Visit opencenter.org to check out our programs in holistic health, self-development, spiritual practices, creative arts, and much more. With our wellness services, bookstore, and cafe, we're an oasis in the heart of the city. And with Open Center Online Learning, you no longer have to be in New York to take classes. Visit opencenter.org today. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1 866 472 5795. That's 1 866 472 5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Pat Holland Connor about her book, Doorways to Significance, Finding Peace and Power and Passion. Uh, Pat was born in the South during the 1940s and really uh, an African-American girl with white skin and, and really had to work through some difficult issues about intolerance, both from her family 
the black and the white communities. So she is a, uh, a sort of model for us to talk about this whole issue of approval, what it means, um, the idea of rejection, and can we tolerate loss from other people, and how do we go about doing that? And so what she, what she said so far is that she, her journey involved um, sort of living through all of that and facing each one of those challenges, but also recognizing that as she began to serve others, um, she saw that uh, she began to res- respect and uh, appreciate herself more. And uh, so uh, I know that's not the path for everyone, that everyone doesn't have to do it just the way you did it, certainly not to join the Peace Corps. But basically what you're saying is what? Well, here's what I'm saying. I'm basically saying we all have a responsibility to f- ask ourselves the question, what am I doing here? What is my purpose? Whatever that purpose is. And I really do want to reiterate with you that, no, not everyone will join the Peace Corps. You know, it's like um, we we need to recognize that we live in relationship. We live in community. And how do we do that? How do I live in community with others? Um, you know, and what is my divine purpose for being? For me, my purpose is about um, loving and being more compassionate to others. In the process of that, I become that for myself and to myself. So it, it's really based on taking a look within. Often we forget that, you know, we go about life, we uh, do our duties every day or whatever, all because it's a schedule, not because it is a divine purpose. And so that's really what I'm suggesting now is, and have done so in the book, is that to be happy in my own life, to be at peace in my own life, I'm responsible for finding out where that is. And if it's not at this job, or if it's not in this relationship, or not found here, that it's up to me to decide to live with feeling abandoned or unworthy or whatever. It's up to me to make a change, to live my peace, to live my happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're so ready for that, that, you know, so many times when we are living out of approval, we're so ready for that argument that says, well, you think so-and-so, therefore I have to so-and-so. And And what you're saying is if I'm I'm responsible for my own happiness, uh, that requires that look inside and, and it requires us to really take responsibility for what we find in there. That's true, and it certainly has been for me both personally experiential, you know, as my experience, and also as I have seen it in others. Um, let me give you an example. It's like um, I wondered sometimes, you know, like why did I get the flu at a certain time of year or whatever? When I was a high school teacher, I used to pray for snow. You know, uh, I was as bad as the kids were because I wanted a day off. Why wouldn't I have thought that it was okay to take one day off to nurture myself, to relax, to uh, read a book if that was what I needed to do that would help me to calm down or whatever versus being an angry teacher who had to be there and be on time and have lesson plans or whatever. What I'm trying to suggest is that We force ourselves to do things that are not pleasing to our nature, to our spirit. 
And, you know, the energy of the body sees that imbalance. We see our intention being one thing and our attention being another. So that's what I'm suggesting in the book throughout. It's never too late to change the brokenness. If I don't want to live with this kind of conflict anymore, I can change it in the blink of an eye. And that's what I'm hoping that your listening audience will see, hear, understand, and believe that within each of us is an option for free will and choice, and we can make the change. Yep, we sure can, absolutely. And this whole idea of, of, of knowing that we can make that change is everything. That is that personal responsibility, and it also leads us to the issue of empowerment. So empowerment is what? What is empowerment? Empowerment is saying yes to my soul. You know, yes to taking the risk to do something that makes me happy. As long as it there, I don't hurt, harm, or injure another person. What makes me happy must, you know, comply with how it applies to those within my circle of influence. So if what makes me happy is something that would be, let's say, unpleasing to my partner, then that's not appropriate. That's not a, an appropriate choice. So we are a choice. We can empower ourselves. And empowerment means saying yes to myself and knowing that I don't have to stay stuck in the same place that I have lived for too long and that I can change my life. Yeah, we do tend to look at through the lenses of the past and say, well, what has been is what's going to be, do we not? And that limits us, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It certainly does. And it also places us in, while we don't want to accept this idea, it places us in a victim trance, I call it, or a victim mode. You know, we're a victim as long as we think somebody else is at fault. When we point the finger out, one finger out, the forefinger, there are three of them coming back at ourselves. The ratio is three to one. It's not what we're pointing the finger at. It's where we are in relationship to ourselves. So I really encourage people to recognize when we shame, blame, and judge others, it's because of you that this happened. It's because of that that this happened, this and that. When we start to do that, the weakest link is within the self. Yeah, and without judgment, uh, we look at that weakest link and under, and come to understand it and show compassion to it, then we can sort of resolve it. But if we're just going to continue to judge ourselves, then we're just going to wait for somebody else to victimize us again. That's clear. You betcha that's true. That's why I like to think it is never too late to change. We can change at 20, 30, 60, 70, we can change at any point that we make a clear decision that my happiness is my responsibility and that my happiness and my peace empowers me. And it also creates a spark of light for others to see. You know, it's really interesting. Many people have said to me since having written the book, Geez, Pat, I didn't know those things about you. There's no wonder uh, that you seemed so dark before. But, wow, you seem so different now. So here is the suggestion uh, that I have 
had to accept and give thanks for is that I was willing to be willing to create the change that was necessary in my own life. That it was not because of anybody else. I was willing to let go of feeling abandoned or to let go of failing to look. You know, too often we don't want to see and we don't want to look. Not judging the past, but saying, I don't need that anymore. I need to see what I, I, I desire that will make me happy today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that, that whole idea comes down to being willing to be brave enough to, to recognize our desires as valid parts of who we are. Exactly. That's exactly right. And I like that that you say we're brave enough. That is so, so important. That's where the secret is. It's in the courage and the bravery and the hope that we have within, often covered by all the pain and the conflict of the past. So I say open the door to that new opportunity that's there. It's been there forever. Mm-hmm. And open that door to what's already there. It's within you. It's within yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So the process of moving out of uh, a sort of an addiction to approval uh, means taking that personal in, inner look and asking yourself where you are limiting yourself rather than where others are limiting you. That is exactly correct. And let me do include this as well, that... We are all born into this lifetime with desires etched into our hearts. We just forget along the path. So, you know, for years I had forgotten that my deepest desire was to travel abroad and to do work abroad. I didn't want to do it just here in the States, even though, you know, I spent many years doing things right here in the United States. I wanted to go uh, elsewhere. And do you know what? That's been there in my heart for a long, long time, and it only became available as I started to open to the question of what is my purpose, what am I doing here? You know, I mean, we all know uh, when we're satisfied. We all know that. You know when you've had enough to eat, just like our heart knows when we've, had, we've placed enough light in there to feel good about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That That satisfaction is... What calls us? It becomes our intention if we allow it to. And and so many times I think that we're led by our uh, uh, school leaders and religious leaders and parents and uh, the leaders of our world to assume that our calling, uh, to use the word very loosely, but our calling, our purpose in life comes from the shoulds. It comes from the duties and the obligations and how we should take care of others and how we should think about that and how we should prove ourselves worthy people by doing these duties and obligations. And that will be our calling. And if we feel guilty about it, well, then we must be being called to do it. I've even heard religious leaders say, well, that's your, um, that is when you're feeling very guilty about somebody or, or feeling responsible for somebody, that's your calling. And I've seen people just go into utter despair trying to make that happen. But what you're saying is that desire is your calling. That's exactly right. And it comes from within, not from what somebody else tells us, regardless of the institution that is promulgating the rules or the guidelines or the suggestions. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. All right. Well, we're going to be back right after this for our final segment with Pat Holland Connor. 
talking about her book, Doorways to Significance. Stay tuned. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming healthcare. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back with our final segment with Pat Holland Connor talking about her book, Doorways to Significance, Finding Peace, Power, and Passion. And what we've been talking today, today about is this whole issue of approval, um, where we seek out the approval of others and, and to sometimes our own debt, very often our own detriment. And that even can become an addictive response so that we just really can't, are compelled almost to, to respond to others seeking their approval all the time. And in so doing, we disempower ourselves. And Pat's journey has been all about empowering herself to move beyond the seeking of approval from others and to finding her own authenticity. So I want you, if you will, Pat, to just sort of uh, tell our listeners how they might link with you, what events you might have coming up, what your webpage, anything like that that might help us know more about you. I'm happy to do that. Um, my website is uh, www.pathconner.com. That's my website at which my book is available. And there's also a contact. Uh, if you just click on contact, if you have questions you'd like to ask me or if you have uh, thoughts that you'd like to share with me, I would be so happy to receive them and will uh, respond immediately. Um, I am happy to share in any way I can and spend a lot of my time uh, as a motivational speaker throughout uh, the United States. 
Um, and I enjoy sharing with others and helping others in whatever way I possibly can. In addition to that, I have book signings coming up in different places across the nation, and also um, I'll be in uh, Louisiana uh, at a university, Northwestern uh, State Louisiana. Uh, in Louisiana. I'm going to be one of their speakers, um, just talking about claiming our identity and how we can do that uh, and finding other ways that we can um, help ourselves to feel okay with self rather than to feel unworthy with the inability to change. Because this has been such a huge experience for me, I just want to share it with others. But I do want to share one specific thing. If there is no way to find hope in your lives, just as it was for me at one time, you know, in a way, I was the walking dead. But I learned that even if I um, can just find a spark of light or hope in myself, in what I'm doing, and how I am um, doing my life on a daily basis, it does help. Sometimes we don't know where we can feel hope or feel hopeful, especially if we've just lost a job or uh, just had grief in our lives or whatever. If that's the case, look and find someone else that is hopeful or someone else that can give support, help, and information. And I can do that if you write me a note in the contact um, on my website. Let me repeat it. It's P-A-T-H-C-O-N-N-E-R dot com. I'd be so happy to offer any uh, rays of hope for you because I'd like to see everyone have the same level of joy in their lives that I have today. And it's only because I chose to find my greater purpose in life and my own happiness. Mm-hmm. Very well said. Thank you so much. So let's just... Um uh, take just a few minutes, if you will, to talk a little bit about self-esteem. I think that's a good place to end. We, we, I've been to many, many conferences and heard many parents and teachers say that we're going to give our children self-esteem. And I, I really wonder about how we manage to give somebody else that. But uh, I want to hear from you. What, it, what do you, how do you define self-esteem and how does a person attain it? The quickest, simplest, and the easiest way that that I believe we can have self-esteem is to find happiness within and to have hope for something more perfect than whatever it is we're experiencing in the moment. And that's why I'm suggesting that hope is so important and happiness is so important. And so it's almost like holding within your own heart um, that gift of knowing that this won't last forever, whatever this is. But you have to make the first step. As you said, Andrea, you have, each of us needs to be brave and have the courage within. Nobody else can give us self-esteem. Nobody can make me happy. That's from within my own heart. And I have to decide what it is that makes me happy. So I say hope and happiness are the two key words to think of when we think of self-esteem. 
Wonderful. That is so true. I think that's beautifully said. I think we, if we can really find our own internal happiness, that that shows us that we can manage our lives, and that's what we need to know when when it comes to self-esteem. So you you've said that we need to find hope, even if it requires we borrow optimism. How do we borrow optimism? Well, haven't you walked around or have you ever walked around and thought, oh, you know, I'd like to be a teacher like uh, another teacher that I found in my school. Or if I'm a young person, when I grow up, I'd like to be this, 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 and this. You see, borrowing optimism is creating our own dreams. And that's what that really is all about. And when we are creating that dream, we're having hope that we're moving out of how it is in the moment to a recognition that I can, yes, I can become any and all of that that I desire because it is achievable. It has to happen in your mind first, the head, okay, and then in the heart we have to be able to say, yes, I can. I may not have all that I need right now, but I can certainly work toward it, and that person is my mentor or mentee. So that's where I believe borrowed optimism makes a difference. If I can't find um, a real awareness inside myself right now, I certainly know who I'd like to be like. And so there it is. So I'm able to create a little hope in my heart. If, if Susie can, I can. So it's like that little train. I can, I can. I think I can. I know I can. And you find yourself being that that you desire. Yeah, and I really encourage uh, people to take really small steps, too, to not try to swallow the whole thing and be off in the future 50 years from now, but just what is it that I have to deal with today, and that way I can stay present not only in the moment but and find what's happening, what's working for me now, but I also can... I can I can say to myself, well, I can do this. I can do this, and all I need to do is what needs to be done today. One step at a time. That's exactly right. I do agree with that. Yep, 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 absolutely. So uh, we have an, a, a responsibility to exercise our free will. We could choose not to do anything about it, but it's probably not going to help us feel any better. And our, And ultimately, our responsibility is for our own happiness and even for our own freedom. Is that true? That is exactly right. And that's, you know, often we think that freedom comes from a law or justice is about a law or the way, you know, other people serve justice toward me. That's not where it is. Um, There's a book called uh, In Search of uh, Meaning, and it's written by Dr. uh, Viktor Frankl. And the whole idea of this is that justice, freedom, awareness, hope, and happiness is within. Look not outside yourself. Look within and find that freedom, that peace, that hope within. That's where it's located. Yeah. Absolutely. In, in fact, the way I would say it is everything we need and want is found within us. Um, and as the further we go, the more we're likely to find that. So thank you, Pat, for being on the show today. I've really enjoyed talking with you, and I'm sure our listeners have enjoyed listening to you. And uh, next week, we're going to be talking more about uh, how, to, how to get into the flow of that universal energy that we've mentioned today. So stay tuned for that next week. And remember... Your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. 
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.